2: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is the Lombardi Line
1: with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v
2: Okay, it is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you in and say Happy New Year. Of course, brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. You can visit BetMGM.com right now or download the BetMGM app. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi hanging out there at a Laconic. It starts, it's starting to slow at the Borgata as oh, everybody man. recovers from a New it Year's Eve. It is slow.
1: You know, when I walk in here, Patrick, there's a Starbucks when you come in and it's normally it has a uh, 30 people lining in it every single weekend. Yeah, and today there was dealer. nobody there. The, no, there was nobody there today. There was nobody there. They had, you know, it was no chance. I mean, everybody's sleeping in all cozy and comfy, you know. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's what happens when you start a new year. You got to get your rest, Patrick,
2: right? <laughs> the calendar landed on a Friday. And that means a lot of headaches this morning on a Saturday but we do welcome in 2022 you know we started the show with Dan Reeves so you'll be discussing in your new book passed away unfortunately a byproduct of dementia at the age of 77 also we mentioned Betty White and then on Christmas Day or the day after Christmas John Madden passes I wanted the weekend audience an opportunity to get you here now the cool thing about this is he was able to gather his family around on Christmas Day to watch the great documentary done about him so they had that last experience together
1: yeah and then he was you know the next day he was driving to his doctor's appointment and obviously he must have had a heart attack or something happened and he died Uh, on his way to the doctor and coach madden really i mean you can't really overstate his impact on the game, And I think there's a great book by David Halberstam about Michael Jordan, how Michael Jordan is in the center of the universe in terms of ESPN, the Nike, the marketing company, all these things that Michael Jordan's world influenced. And, and when you put John Madden in the middle of this, what he influenced, and every single one of these 32 NFL owners, their value of their franchise increased because of John Madden. Because of his popularity, because of people engaging in the sport and loving the sport, and it enhanced the value. You bought, you know, Jeff Lurie bought the Eagles for 200 million. It's worth 4 billion dollars today. Some of that has some John Madden residue in it because of the popularity. And certainly, the owners all believe they grew the game on their own. But it takes a village to grow. And John Madden was ahead head of the village. And what he's been able to do is remarkable. And when you look over his career, you know, he becomes a head coach at 33 years old. He's really a unique Raider head coach, considering that Al Davis didn't like defensive coaches as head coaches. This was the last defensive coach he ever hired as a head coach. Hmm. And he goes 12-1-1 his first year. He goes to seven conference championship games. He has the highest winning percentage of any coach with 100 victories. Remarkable. It takes him forever to get in the Hall of Fame. Because everybody was trying to give credit to Al, saying he was as much responsible. Everybody was saying, well, he only went to one Super Bowl. He only won one Super Bowl. He went to seven conference championship games. I really think the mark of excellence in the NFL is not the Super Bowl. It's the conference championship game. You get to the Final Four, you're pretty damn good. It's hard to get to the Final Four. And for all the people in the Twitter universe that think it's easy to win games in the NFL as they sit on their couch and tell you what to do, it's really hard. To win 200 games, to win 71% of your games in the NFL over a 100-game span is really hard to do. And to get the conference championship games requires a little bit of luck and some really great coaching. And I think Coach Madden did it remarkably. And, you know, his impact when he stepped into the broadcast booth should really be – the instrument for all of us to learn from, that we all want to learn about football. We don't want to be taught football. We don't care about what the leverage point is on Cover 7. We don't care about Cover 5 trail technique. We don't care about the extension of a vertical set. You know, we don't care about the TE stunt game inside. We care about the broad stroke pitcher. We care about the game and explain the game to the fans in the simplest way. And what Madden did, which was, for me, which makes him really a genius, is he was to take the complex and make it very simple. He had an, And that's yeah, the brilliance. I
2: think he put it perfectly. He had, like, an innate relatability that was hard. to. It just came across, right? I mean, it just emanated yeah. from the screen. Right. And, and what, we, what we as
1: fans all want is we want to be able to hear somebody teach us the game of football and take that knowledge that we remember and then share it with our friends like we, we invented it. Like we started it, right? Because we all want to go in the bar and have more knowledge than the next guy. Uh, you know, this is going to happen. You know, when the tailback's a little further back in the in – the, in the, in the, when, 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 when running backs are in – when you're in shotgun and the back's a little bit behind the quarterback, it's going to be a run. When the back's even with the quarterback, it's going to be a pass. And when you could start calling plays as a, as, as, as a guy in a bar, you all of a sudden become popular. That's what fans want. They don't care about cover seven. You know, Monday, every Monday, Monday football game, we get a lecture on coverages. We get, t- we all we get is trail technique. And Lewis, that's what Lewis Riddick knows really well. But we don't. We want the broad strokes of the game. And I think Madden really should be the should be the beacon light for all of us to look for as we explain the game.
2: Well put. It's an all-encompassing career, whether it's broadcast, video game, the All-Madden team. He called that the other stuff because you know, and you could speak on this, he wanted to be known as a coach. Now, he walked away at 43, which is amazing. He said, I'll never be back. He never went back, but he wanted to be, first and foremost, John Madden wanted to be known as a coach. That's right.
1: You know, and if you go to Lambeau Field, and they have the, the, the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame, and you walk into that Packer Hall of Fame, they have a replica office of Vince Lombardi. And on Lombardi's walls in that replica office are a plaque that he was named Teacher of the Year at Red Bank Catholic High School. That's that's how much he valued being thought of as a teacher. His coaching profession was a teaching profession, and that's the same with Madden. And then Madden became a teacher of the game of football to all of us, to all of us. And that magical voice combined with Pat Summerall. And the two of them really becoming Simon and Garfunkel from the booth. They just had perfect harmonies. And they were able to really give us something that we really didn't have. And to hear their voices, it's a little bit like Keith Jackson on college football. You know, we hear Keith Jackson and we think college football. We hear Pat Summerall, we think the Masters, and we think football. And it's brilliant. And Madden was able to help us all learn the game.
2: Not sure an induction meant more to a human being than in 06 when Madden was inducted. There's that great still shot of him hugging his family and then the speech, which is what we talked about at the ear- earlier as far as Dan Reeves not being able to experience that. You could tell it meant the world to Madden to be inducted. It- it really
1: did. And, and you know, and, and people couldn't peel back the layer. You know, like this is what happens with the Hall of Fame voting. Was it Al? I mean, George Seifert's won two Super Bowls. He's, he's you know, he's a 68 winning percentage coach. He's won 100 games in the NFL. Nobody gives, no, he's not even mentioned for the Hall of Fame. Because, well, that was the 49ers. Well, he went to, look what happened when he went to Carolina. Look what happened when he was at Cornell. Okay, I get that. It's hard to win at other places. You know, it's hard to win. It's hard to create a culture at other places when the owner wants to create the culture. It's not always the coach's fault. You know, like this is my point about Jacksonville. Jacksonville over the last 11 years is a 26% winning percentage franchise. Do you think Brian Lefwich is going to change that culture down there? Do you think he's capable of that? I don't think it's really hard to ask him to do it. I don't think it's fair to ask him to do it. There's an inherent problem within their organization. And sometimes we judge these coaches, these sports writers who don't know anything about coaching. Let's be real frank here. They know nothing about coaching. They're judging his career. I mean, like, I don't want to be judged by you. Like, I don't really want to be judged by you. Like, I get to the point in your career where, you know, like, I don't really, I don't need to be judged by you. If Belichick or somebody above, I'll let him judge me. I got no problem with that. But I'm not going to be judged by you. You don't know anything to judge me.
2: So you mentioned Madden. He had kind of burned out. It's it's, it's interesting. He finished with a winning percentage of almost 76%, Michael, and 103 yeah. wins. 103, 32, and 7. Is that good? And he played those great Steeler teams and the Miami teams as well. I mean, this was, comp- this was a, a great coach. Did he have a good uh, existing relationship with the Davis family moving forward? I don't know if he had one with I don't think he
1: had I mean there was a time I think Mark Davis was relying on him and then I think that I I don't I think going in the direction uh, where Mark went with Gruden in the tenure I don't know if that really set well with Hmm. coach Madden I I, I don't know that for a fact I I don't think they had a close one late and later in life I think that you know Matt Millen a close friend of mine and, and coach Madden they talked all the time and, you know, and Matt, Matt's one of the great, great, I know he wasn't a great general manager at the Detroit Lions. He'd be the first to tell you on this show he wasn't. You know, he, he didn't know what he didn't know. And, and unfortunately, it got him. But the reality of it is, is he's humble enough to admit that he that what that would happen like we all have to be. And so, you know, I don't know. I think. Al and and John had a unique relationship, you know, that I I didn't really get to see much interaction. In 10 years with Al Davis, I did not see much interaction between him or Madden. I think they talked quite a bit on the phone, but I didn't see much interaction between the two gentlemen.
2: You know what's fascinating about Madden is he became like everybody's uncle. He was so personable. You felt like you could sit and have a beer with him, but his Raiders teams were nasty, and I think it kind of hurt his reputation coming out of of coaching the Raiders because you remember the Raiders were thought of is a nasty team that would beat you up dirty
1: yeah they were dirty you know they were cheap shot you they were dirty yada yada and look you know i mean that was a physical game it was a time when the game was really physical they let you hit the quarterback You know, they let they let you attack people coming across the middle. I mean, the rules were so different. You know, could Ronnie Lott have played today with the way the rules are? No. Could Jack Tatum have played today the way the rules are? I mean, no. I mean, you know, and, and and, you know, we talk about all these receivers. How about some of those receivers that had to go inside there and catch the ball? I mean, how many more would they have caught? You know, we talk about the pitching mound being lowered in baseball and how it really, you know, it it, it affected the pitching ERAs. How about this, the way this game's set up right now where if you touch a receiver going inside, they're gonna throw a flag. I mean, Scott Novak's already practicing throwing his flag today. You know, he can't wait.
2: (laughs) So Madden wanted to be known as a coach. A great tweet that Stephen Bond just sent me, whether it's Noel, Stram, Brown, Gilman, Shula, he was 36, 16, and two against Hall of Fame head coaches. John Madden, a hell of a coach, hell of a yeah, coach.
1: Yeah, and, and I, that's a great number. That's a great number. And I, and I think when you when you really when you really want to understand it is you, you understand that there's four trees in coaching. There are only four coaching trees, right? And we'll, when we come back, we've we'll, we oh, we got to hear talk that. about that. Yeah.
2: Uh, let's extrapolate a little bit on the four trees of coaching, and then we'll set up the national championship game plus five New Year's Day games. Got plenty to do. Thomas Gable is going to join as well. Thank you for those reflections. That was great stuff on John Madden. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president.
2: And then you have China.
1: Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, it's express bet, first bet. Get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000 and receive 10 bucks instantly and up to $1,000 bonus. Okay, so again, it's slash horses for details. VSEN.com slash horses for details. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. Happy New Year's as we welcome you in here on the Lombardi line. Let me give you these numbers. I want to have Michael finish off this uh, four co- four branches of the coaching tree, which I find fascinating. Quickly, Penn State is catching three and a half. That number's coming back to them a little bit, though, as Arkansas lane three, three and a half. Oklahoma State, Notre Dame right now. Pick them at most shops. A couple of books have Notre Dame laying a point. Kentucky, Iowa. We'll get to that game in just a little bit. Three, three and a half. You're laying it with Kentucky. Utah, Ohio State open seven and a half. Remember, all the money's on Ohio State, yet that number's come down to Ohio State laying four. Something's up. And Baylor, Mississippi, is it's a pick 'em. You can find Baylor laying one, you can find Mississippi laying one. So we'll get to those games. And Thomas Gable's going to join in just a little bit. We were having the conversation about John Madden, which brought us to the coaching trees and the branches. I'd love to hear that.
1: Well, you know, really, when you break down the National Football League and your coaching, it it, it really comes down to four coaches really that that advanced the game to the level that we're seeing now. And there's always some lineage back to those four coaches. It really started with Clark Shaughnessy, who's not in the Hall of Fame. Clark Shaughnessy was truly the inventor of the forward pass. He actually helped George Hallis develop a passing game and helped George Hallis win games. Even though he was coaching at Stanford, coming back, I used to get on the team bus uh, when I would have enough courage to get on the same bus as Coach Walsh. And Coach Walsh would sit in the first seat to the right of the bus driver. And he would be doodling on a sheet. And he was always doodling some form of Clark Shaughnessy play. So Shaughnessy is a huge influence in the passing game. Much of the, of, the, of the spread formation, including the shotgun, comes from Shaughnessy. And then you have the Paul Brown tree, which is enormous, enormous, which, which spans out to Shula, Blanton Collier, Bill Arnsberger. That, that ties to Marty Schottenheimer. It just goes on and on and on. The Paul Brown tree is enormous, and it impacts pretty much everybody. In my book, I really describe Paul Brown as the operating system of the NFL coaching. He is truly what Bill Gates and and, and Paul Allen did for the computer. Hmm. That's really what he did for coaches. And then you have Sid Gilman. This little, this little guy from Minneapolis, Minnesota who wore a bow tie and he looked like a college professor who really advanced the passing game and understood the concepts of how to attack defenses and what you could do in a passing game and develop the quarterback. And then, of course, Coach Walsh in the West Coast offense. A derivative of Paul Brown, but he uniquely set up an offense that went separately. And it's really hard to not tie any coach back to that. Even John Madden, for example, goes back into the Sid Gilman days. I mean, Sid Gilman is the head coach. Think about this now. Sid Gilman is a head coach, has Chuck Na- Knoll Chuck and Al Davis in his press box. Wow. Now, Chuck Knoll Chuck is a, de- a derivative of Sid Gilman and Paul Brown. Played for Brown at the Browns. Played for him there then coached, coached with Gilman, then went with Shula, who's a derivative of Brown, and then became the Steeler coach. So his tree is all lined into four four of those coaches. And one of them's not in the Hall of Fame, sadly. And he belongs in the Hall of Fame. He's in the College Hall of Fame, but he belongs in the Pro Hall of Fame because of his impact on the game. He advanced the game. Without him, we wouldn't know the forward pass. And without Hallis embracing the forward pass, the league probably wouldn't have wanted to throw it. It was thought of a sissy football back then. What are we doing throwing the ball? You know, run it. It's a tough sport. And yet that palace, by embracing it, allowed the game to advance.
2: Beautiful. Well put. A succinct description of the coaching tree and its lineage. And as we talk, coaches, the unfortunate passing of Dan Reeves today, we talked about John Madden, of course, the great Raider coach. Of course, the Raiders are at Indy. They're still trying to keep those playoff hopes alive. That number, Indy. Uh, it says undecided as far as the quarterback, we know it's going to be Ellinger. The number is eight and a half down to seven. Before we do that, let's go ahead. Steven Bond has a graphic for you. He wants to take a look as far as potential coaching vacancies just to keep on this theme. So again, there you see it. They're going to have a bunch of cap space uh, coming into next year. Mayock still the general manager. Mark Davis, the owner. Do you hear anything or have you heard any scuttlebutt as far as the next coach there with the Raiders?
1: No, I haven't heard anything, and I don't think anybody – nobody really talks to Mark Davis. Mark Davis is kind of a, an aloof figure unless you go to, uh, to P.F. Chang's and meet him for lunch <laughs> there. You know, I mean, so I don't know. But it will be tied back to the Raiders. There will be some lineage to the Raiders. I mean, he's not going to go outside the family. And, you know, he, his, who is he getting advice and counsel from? That's the key. That's the key, because Mark running this franchise, I mean, you know, the former president, Mark Bedane did an incredible job of getting him a stadium and moving him to Las Vegas and making him a rich man, a very rich man. He wasn't before this Vegas, uh, right. th- now, now he's very rich. And so, you know, where is he going to make a decision? He went, he really went rogue to go get Gruden. Really, if he, t- if he you know, he pl- appeased the alumni, by, by going after Gruden. That's really what he did. The alumni loved Gruden. The people that actually worked in the building that understood football didn't really think that was a smart play. But he went rogue and did it because that's what he felt was the reason why we won. His father would have never told him to do that. you know. And the building of this construction of this team is so against what his father believed in that it's kind of like laughable. It really is. He needs to get back to what the vision of his father that he created. And I think that's a hard thing for him to do because I don't think he really knows it. You know, I think he knows the alum. And he's too predicated on the alumni, which is puts you in a remember when category, which is not good, which is not good. Now, I think this game's huge for them. You know, I mean, the Colts are a wounded duck. We, we don't know if Ellinger is the starter because we know this. We know that, that if if, and I don't know if, if he's going to be asymptomatic or not, Carson Wentz, but if he comes in tomorrow and he right. does, he's, he could he could play. He could easily play. Now, I I can't imagine that without the vaccination that he's that he doesn't have any symptoms. I mean, I find that hard to believe. You know, but he's got to go through the, the cult doctor and a neutral doctor to be able to get back on the field and have no symptoms whatsoever. So highly probable that, that Ellinger plays, but not, not completely ruled out. We'll know tomorrow on this show. But this is a game, look, the Raiders have to run the football, play action. The question that Stephen Bond put up is a very good question, is what do you do with Derek Carr? And I think they really missed the boat. I was screaming this all offseason last year. You know you're not going to pay Carr 40000000 million. You're not. You can't pay Carr $40 million. You needed to draft a quarterback last year. You know, you know, now maybe you think it's Mariota. I don't believe that to be true. Right? But maybe you do. Maybe Gruden and the boys did think that. And that's why they signed it. They lowered his salary last year. They tried to trade Mariota all through the offseason. No one wanted to touch the salary. No one wanted to touch him. They felt like he wasn't durable. They felt like he couldn't stand it, stand the pressure. So what do they do at quarterback? All that cap room at $39 million is meaningless. It's
2: meaningless because they've got to figure out the quarterback. And, and they don't have a talented roster. And the follow-up on that is who's making the decision on the quarterback? You just mentioned Mark Davis. Who's making that decision ultimately? I think Mark Davis will have a huge impact. I think he'll have, and, and
1: whoever he hires as his coach will have a huge impact. And Carr will walk around saying, I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to play forever for the Raiders. That's great, Derek. It's wonderful. But at some point, you know, unless you're willing to pay for $20 million a year, no one, who's going to pay you 40 45 You know, and you look at Carr's numbers and you say, like Kirk Cousins, wow, those numbers are really good. But when you, but when you live with Carr, when you live with Carr and you live with him every single play, See, I think part of free agency, it's different than the college draft, right? The college draft, you should watch the games against the best competition. Desmond Ryder versus Alabama. Watch that game 25 times. You're going to learn a lot. Watch it once, watch it 25. Pro football, if you're signing a free agent, you have to watch every single game because you're you're living with this player. You're living with them. He's going to be part of your team. Can you live with them? And when you watch Carr through the entire season and just don't look at his stats, I can't live with that. No you can know, do. Can't, no can do. I can't
2: go for that. He's hard to live with. But he's a likable guy. And, and it seems like Mark Davis gets caught in sentiment. So my assumption would be that he sticks with Carr because Carr is likable. Also, Carr just built a he pu- li- go I ahead. don't
1: think he's in love with Carr. Oh, you don't I, think so? I, I, I have sources that say no. I don't think he's in love with Carr. I think he sees Carr as not a tough guy. Look, let's face it. We talked about the Raiders with Madden, right? They were tough. This Raider team isn't tough. You know, they, they have false bravado. They pretend they're tough, you know, but they're not. They're really not, you know. And so, to me, this is a game we're really going to learn a lot about the Raiders. And, and getting all these points, I mean, they should be able to keep this. If Ellinger's playing, they should be able to keep this. They should be a good dog potential winner.
2: Well, they're eight and seven. they're still sitting nine in a seven seed conference, so again, they're trying to make the postseason. They're alive after the win last week. You know what's awkward for Carr is he just built a huge crib just right down the road there, Southern Highlands, right next to Gruden. I wonder if he gets the mail for Gruden if Gruden's still around, you know yeah, I mean I, coming I back from work must be awkward. Yeah, must be. Yeah, you know, I see, mean, look see they, not on I the hear about val- I
1: I hear property value in Vegas is tremendous, so I'm sure he can flip it pretty well. <laughs>
2: I'm sure he'll be fine. I think that's well put. So, but right now, no you're not hearing names as far as a head coach for the Raiders. I, I have not I just think it's going to come down to the coaching
1: tree. You know, what 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 ex-Raider can he bring in? And my man T- Thomas Gable might be up for it. I don't know. He was an ex-Raider. Yep.
2: Okay, we'll get Thomas we Gable. Over. To, uh, see how he did on New Year's Eve. If you're looking for Mark Davis, look for the lettuce wraps. P.F. Chang's, yeah. bodied up at the bar. Thomas Gable next.
0: You're listening to the Lombardi
1: Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Sign up for PlayCard debit MasterCard and get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today. To apply is subject to card activation, ID verification, terms and cost supply. Card issued by Metabank, NA, member, FDIC. Lombardi line on a special. I mean it's 2022. I can't believe we're here. We say hi. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. We're joined by our partner, our friend Thomas Gable, who runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata. And we start by saying Happy New Year, Thomas. How are you?
3: Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year,
1: Thomas. Appreciate you. It. it seemed like just yesterday we were talking about Y2K. That's just remarkable.
3: <laughs> yeah, remember that, We were, remember t- we were that. all
1: panicking about Y2K. The, you uh, know, the
3: banking system was going to fall uh, down and Collapse. And yeah. We
1: had a fly in early to Kansas City. We played the Chiefs. It was a great moment, too, because the Chiefs were going to go to the playoffs that year. And Joe Nendy had a 53-yarder. We kept him out of the play. I can still see Carl Peterson's face. It's one of the most rewarding memories of my life, just watching him lose the playoff run. When Nendi's went that ball went through, it was perfect. Shout
2: <laughs> that's out to
3: Y2K. What a way to start the year.
2: What a way to start the. How, how speaking of starting the year, how did it go with the semis last night? The favorites cover two unders. How'd you, how'd you come out there at the Borgata?
3: Came out okay. Uh, we didn't have big decisions in either game. Both those games were pretty evenly, yeah. evenly bet here. In fact, I was meeting with the uh, the president here, uh, President Borgata, yesterday afternoon before they kicked off, and you know he says what. Well, what are we going to need? I said, honestly, there's not going to be a big decision on either of these games for us right now. We have bigger decisions pending on some college basketball games and NBA games today than, than those wow. games. game. So, wow. um, but yeah, I mean, in the end it was, it was fine. We, uh, we made some money on them. So, and now, uh, now we have some more bowl games and, today and the, uh, and the you, op- you open oh, up
1: the national championship at two and, two and, a, half. and a half. What two were and a half. you, what were, what did you close that game the last time they played?
3: um i'd have to go back and look something around there yeah it was somewhere i I
1: recall it was six six and a half and and
2: by the way boys i think they just stephen vaughn just told me they just went to three here at the south point which is interesting chris andrews and shop they went to georgia lane three but mostly everywhere it's two and a half right now yeah
3: yeah yeah Yeah, we're still two and a half here
2: yeah and patrick
1: before we get going on thomas today i just read Kentucky, if you're betting Kentucky today, Iowa, that line's been moving around like crazy. You know, it it, it opened up at one and a half. Iowa was favorite. Now Kentucky's three. three. Apparently Kentucky's going to have a bunch of COVID announcements uh, before kickoff today. And that game kicks at uh, one
2: o'clock. So be careful with that one. Yep.
1: Kentucky yeah, that's
3: three,
2: three and a half. Yep.
3: That's really moved because, uh, you know, some places open pick, you know, can we open Kentucky laying one. But uh yeah, it's uh, Kentucky three and a half currently. So,
1: and, and the other thing I want to correct earlier, we talked about the offense, the defense coordinator for Oklahoma State. That he will not be at. He's the
3: not going to be there.
1: He's okay. not going to no, be at the you. game. They're going to no. have My, they're going to have three guys call defensive signals yep. for the. Okay. Oklahoma okay. State. thank you yep. for.
2: I got bad info. Jim Knowles won't be coaching, and that's important because that was a top three defense, and he now moves on to Ohio State. Looks like he's getting there earlier than I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: maybe he's going to go help out Ohio State against Utah. <laughs> He'll no be
2: idea. watching Manny Diaz will be in the house for Penn State observing that defense. Who's missing their three best players? Arkansas. This number jumped uh, four to three the other way, right, Thomas?
3: Yeah. So we open Penn State uh, laying three and a half. Now um, Arkansas here is uh, laying the points, laying three points. But obviously, that has all shifted on this uh, opt-out news for for Penn State and. If you go back and look at the history of the Penn State program, this is very unusual to have opt-outs for Penn State in a bowl game. Uh, James Franklin said the other day that, you know, they knew, obviously he knew and the coaching staff knew that these guys were not going to play. They just announced it to the media a couple days ago. But um, this is something that's pretty new for this program. Aside from Micah Parsons last year who opted out of the whole season due to COVID, right? Um, I mean, you had guys like Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders. Those guys played in bowl games, even though they knew that they were going to be high draft picks. So this is a little unprecedented here for the Nittany Lions. But let's look at Arkansas here in this this game. This team is only the second one in school history that has averaged over 200 passing yards and 200 rushing yards per game. They rank 32nd nationally with 440.9 yards per game uh, on this very balanced run-pass option offense. And that balance begins really with the dual-threat quarterback there, K.J. Jefferson. Uh, I think look for Arkansas to really try and pound away at that Penn State defense uh, who will be without the two starting defensive linemen, both starting inside linebackers yep. are, are, are out and the safety all due to those uh, uh, aforementioned opt-outs there. So I think Arkansas is really going to just try to pound the ball here on them today.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, they, how Penn State's offense, which isn't explosive, but Dotson was a great player. You know, and how they handle that with Dotson not being there. Where's Clifford? Can they actually move the ball? Because Arkansas, you know, at times can play pretty good defense. They do, you know, they're ranked 48th in the nation overall defense and relative scoring defense, so they can. I think this is a game really about what's Penn State's strength on defense now. Is it their run defense? And I think Arkansas is going to find out it's not right now without those guys in there.
2: Yeah, Dotson was their offense, 138 targets. He had 12 touchdowns, so a big miss for Penn State. How about Oak State, Notre Dame? The aforementioned defensive coordinator won't be there, uh, but where are you sitting with this number right now?
3: So this game's currently a pick here, and the total is 45-and-a-half for the total, but... This game, again, Notre Dame opened two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, you, you've seen some of the movement here towards Oklahoma State. And believe it or not, this is the first time that these two teams have ever met. They've never played each other wow. in, in history. So uh, both currently without their permanent uh, defensive coordinators in this one and you just mentioned on what was going on with the Oklahoma State side. But um, on the Notre Dame side, it will be their defensive line coach, Mike Elston, who will be the acting defensive coordinator for them. Uh, we know how good Oklahoma State has been on defense this year. Keep an eye out for the defensive end, Colin Oliver, who's a true freshman for them. He doesn't start, but he leads the team in sacks. Uh, Eleven and a half on the season. He's had seven sacks in his last five games, and he's just been on a tear lately. In that Big 12 title game uh, against Baylor, he had two sacks, two and a half tackles for a loss. And on offense, the Cowboys—they—they really—they're a much better team when they can really establish the run and. They were without Jalen Warren in that Big 12 championship. They managed only 70 yards on the game and, uh, for that one. But they typically average over 180. So Warren is healthy today uh, for Oklahoma State. So this Notre Dame team will really need to try and contain him.
1: Yeah, and, you know, in Oklahoma State, uh, we talked about earlier, Patrick, the best, best pass rushing team in the nation, yep. they're number one in sacks, you know, and they're number one in creating negative plays. So that's going to be a real challenge for Notre Dame to make sure that they keep keep from getting negative plays which puts you behind the down and distance which really ultimately was the killer for Cincinnati yesterday. Yeah. Cincinnati got into second and fifteens and they couldn't overcome it.
2: Yeah. Well put and again Gundy very familiar in this spot. Freeman getting started there at Notre Dame. Uh, Kentucky, Iowa we mentioned it. Michael did a good job explaining Kentucky went up to three. A couple of books are sitting three and a half. We'll circle back I wanted to ask you about Utah, Ohio State and the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, this number, I'm guessing you're getting bet Ohio State, yet we've seen the number come back the other way towards Utah, right?
3: Well, we actually have more money on Utah here, that believe shocking, it or not. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Ohio State did open as a, a bigger favorite, six-and-a-half-point favorites. They're now down to four here. Uh, the, the total has creeped up as well. Um, I'm sorry, it has, has come down from 67-and-a-half is where we open, now down to 63-and-a-half. Uh, to but, yeah, more money here on Utah. More tickets written on Ohio State, but uh, we have more money on Utah at the moment. It's going to
1: be a fun game. I really think so. I mean, Utah, look, Whittingham's one of those guys that I respect. I think he does a great job with his offense. They can run the football. Ohio State is prone to not handle the run game. We saw Michigan be able to control that game. So, you know, if they can control the pace of the game and keep Stroud from making big explosive plays, I think
3: Utah's a good play.
2: Nightcap, Baylor, Mississippi, where are you sitting right now, T.G., with that one?
3: So this one uh, has flipped as well. Uh, Mississippi opened as a point and a half favorites, and now Baylor is the favorite by a point. Uh, not too big of a decision here either way. Uh, currently on this game on the side, the the total though uh, currently sitting at 58, and this total has really uh, risen a lot of money here on the over. Uh, and this is this total we open at 50 and a half, rather low, and it's just steadily creeped up uh, as as. Time has marched on from when these bowl games open. So currently sitting at 58.
1: Uh, this one, I, I can't wait to watch this game. I really can. I'm excited for this one. This, to me, is the, is the best game of the day, to, especially because I like Baylor's program. I like Aranda. And I like the way he calls defense. And I like to watch Corral play against top-level defenses to see what he can do at the next level. I think these are great games to really evaluate these pro pro prospects because, remember, college football is about level of competition. It's not about watching. You know, we hear these guys that do the draft. You know, I watched 77 games on this player. Well, you're wasting your time, you know, because half the
2: games aren't even relevant. T.G., I got a minute. We need a winner, Des Moines Special. What do you got?
3: Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so we're going to look at Toledo and Kent State today. And, uh, uh, and some MAC uh, action here. So Kent State lost their MAC opener on Wednesday to Central Michigan. They lost four rotation players in that due to COVID protocols, and certainly could also be out today. Uh, so Toledo, conversely, they've been on a, a tear lately. Uh, they beat Western Michigan by 27 points in their uh, MAC opener, and Toledo 8 and 3 overall on the season. We're actually going to look at the under here in this one of 142 and a half. Certainly, Toledo's in much better form coming into this one, but they have not shot well on the road. All right, there we go. The under, Moines, play the Des Moines, under.
2: Des Moines special, 4-2 and two love for it. TG. And Only bet as much as you're willing to win. Uh, new, year, <laughs> n- new year, new suit. Stephen Bond mentioned how great that suit looks there, Thomas. So you're looking fresh as 2022 right. starts. Thank you, buddy. That's not a
1: new suit. That's not a new <laughs> suit. <laughs> it's not a new suit, but thank you. <laughs> thank, well, you. thank you.
2: I Michaels it is it. Taylor all of a sudden. I love it. Coming back with Michaels <laughs> plays on these bowl games.
1: To the lombardi line on vsin featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now once again here's patrick maher
2: okay it's new year's day bet mgm they got a special offer simply place a 10 dollar money line wager on any sport to win 200 bucks paid for in free bets you got to use the bonus code vsin200 vsin200 when you make your first bet enjoy the holiday like never before and score big with the king of sportsbooks. remember it's betmgm.com or you can simply download the app again Pick a sport, make a bet. Ten bucks, two hundred bucks coming your way. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is a non-withdrawable free bet or site credit. You got a gambling problem? It's one eight hundred Gambler. Promotional offer not available, Mississippi. Nevada. Okay. Happy New Year's. It is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. Behind me is the book, The South Point. A very respected book, Michael. So I'm going to start there because coming up nine days from now, the national championship game, Georgia open two and a half. If the South Point and Chris Andrews are an indicator, the number's gone to three. So again, if you like Bama, you might want to wait because we could be headed there if you're looking at the wind blowing here at the South Point
1: it what this tells us is as betters it tells us that the the people that bet nine days out are betting on a number they have algorithms and they're betting a number and they and every Georgia person liked that two and a half and Chrissy had to move it to three like this isn't mom and Pop from Des Moines betting this number moving it this is people that actually have algorithms that study this for a living doesn't make them smarter than you and I they just this is what they do and they saw that number and they went for it right away. And Chrissy had to move the number. And that's what, that's these days, this day, maybe going into tomorrow, there'll be, you know, the number. And then at the end of the week, we'll see, right before the game, we'll see the number move. Now, again, I urge people, this doesn't say who's going to win the game. And I really believe that if you're just, there's no way to tell based on where the action's going. People are betting numbers, they're not betting who's going to win. And I think you've got to keep that in mind.
2: Yeah. Well put. It's the biggest decision a book's going to make. Two and a half to three, three to three and a half, and they went to three here at the South Point. We'll see how long it
1: sticks. Yeah, very quickly. They went quickly. They went quickly. So that told you they got a lot of cash.
2: By the way, when I asked you,
1: they got a lot of cash.
2: When I asked you at the onset of the show about your New Year's resolutions, you were very kind to me and gave wonderful resolutions. As I look up, your buddy Bill Belichick was asked about his New Year's resolutions, and he wasn't as um, Uh, forthcoming. He was a little curmudgeonly, not going to lie. Well,
1: I mean, they asked him after a game that he, you know, he probably was not feeling himself. You know, I mean, that Buffalo game was a hard game for him to watch, specifically, you know, they couldn't get off the field on third down. They didn't tackle well. I mean, the second play of the game, it kind of summed up that game perfectly. When they throw the ball out in the flat to Singletary and he gets maybe he's going to have a four yard gain. It's going to be third and six and just run over the t- Duger, the tackler, and they get a second now they're first and ten. I mean, the, the, they played with no intensity. They played with no physicality. And that really hurt them. And, and I think when you ask the stupid question like, what's your New Year's resolution? And certainly that girl deserves a lot of credit for being brave. I don't know how smart, She doubled down, she apparently.
2: Was, she went back at it. Of
1: course not. Why wouldn't she? She's getting clicks. It all goes with what, you know, she got, she's become a cult figure. She's probably got a 1,000 new Twitter followers just by asking that question. You know, and, and if you if you just if you value yourself based on that, then so be it. But to me, I mean, like you know, you're talking to the one of the great the greatest coach of all time. You know, like ask a better question. Seriously, we want we you know if you get a, if you ask him a great question, you're going to get a great answer
2: i um, just um, I can see it actually the second time around. I'm reading his lips. It looks like his New Year's resolution is to get a copy of Gridiron Genius signed by Michael <laughs> Lombardi. So maybe you can He already has up.
1: one. No, he already has one. I already <laughs> sent him one before it even came out because he's the he he's a voracious reader. He is the gridiron genius. I mean, let's face it. I mean, everything that I've learned, uh, most of it I've learned at watching him. I mean, so he is the gridiron genius. It isn't me. It's, this is passed through me. But, you know, and so, you know, look, they've got – I mean, I, this line has – Utah's 16 and a half tomorrow against Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville got a bunch of guys back, but my understanding, they still have over 20, 22 guys out with COVID. Is that right, Patrick? Yeah,
2: they're banged. They're completely depleted. Robinson's out. I mean, it's – they're they're just completely banged up. And by the way, Belichick, what does he know? <laughs> Come on, you pretend yeah, I mean, like he so, knows something.
1: I mean, everybody can second guess them from their couch. You know, they all have all the answers. You know, it's just because he, he doesn't go for it as much on fourth down, so it doesn't put him in as in as much. <laughs>
2: you can't win cachet. coach of the year. You're going to be you can't gonna be the third you betting favorite yeah. if you're not going for it on fourth downs. You you got to go for it on fourth. Well, down. we'll get into get into that and uh, the whole entire slate tomorrow NFL with the Lombardi line fresh in 2022. Let me get leans on all five on New yeah, Year's Day but, from you.
1: But, but Before we go to there, I think to me, you know, with, with New Year's Eve, I think today really pay close attention to the news cycle because it could be a big day on COVID today. Just based on, you know, what Mahomes and Kelsey were up to, Just be careful before you turn the car. Wait till at least 12 o'clock tomorrow. Make sure of yourself. These numbers, I know they're getting away from some people and you like them in different directions. But I would be really careful, especially as the news cycle goes through today, actually what is going to happen.
2: Some Omicron news from Michael Lombardi there, right? Yeah. I
1: mean, look, it's just part of the world we live in right now. I mean, you know, we we have people talking about it. But I didn't see, you know, I was at, a, at an event last night where no one wore a mask and nobody, no one's behaving like we did when this thing started. We're behaving like we're vaccinated, yet we're covering it like we don't have a vaccination. So it's kind of this, it's so disconnected, you know, it, it, it's the cases are going up, but are they, you know, what is affecting it? And the NFL's taking the approach, okay, here's where we are. And they're changing the guidelines even as we get increasing. So it's, it, there's always conflicting messages that we're getting.
2: Besides Springsteen, who else was at
1: your table last night? Well, I wish Bruce was there. I really do. But no, he wasn't there. Uh, you know, I, there, uh, Millie was talking to uh, uh, a big owl. I kept him okay, big, big, big owl. Okay, good good big owl. Big owl from Kia. From, from, uh, it didn't say five words. Of course, he was on my deaf side, so it wouldn't matter what he said. I would have never heard a word he said anyway. <laughs> well, That's the beauty about being deaf, right? I'm deaf in one ear, and somebody's on my right side. They can talk a mile a minute. I haven't heard a word you said.
2: Shout to Big Al in 2022. More yeah, of Big Al. All right, let me get a lean. Uh, Arkansas-Penn State. This one opened Penn State 4. We've gone the other way, Michael. It's 3.5 right now with Arkansas laying it. You know,
1: you know, I have a set urgency today that that I might go with against all the movement of the line, you know, because it seems that way.
2: I'll take Penn State and, and get the points. Why not? We are. Okay, Oak State-Notre Dame. I'm going to give you a pick on this. This opening. I like Oak too. State here. I you like do. Oak
1: State here. Yeah, I, I, I know Barbershop Mike's going to be mad at me. My mother, God rest her soul, she would be mad at me. But I like Oak State's defense, I really do.
2: Yeah, and and I love
1: watching Mike Michael Mayer play, though.
2: I, I'm really looking forward tight to it. I love that tight end. I love that tight end. Yeah, he's going to be a pro. Good one on Georgia last night, too, obviously. Uh, Kentucky, Iowa. So this one we talked about a little bit. Uh, Iowa open a point and a half. This is going the other way. It was three and a half. I'm seeing most books post Kentucky lane three. I'm going to go with Iowa here.
1: You know Kirk Ferentz. I just finished a great book, uh, Bill Snyder's autobiography that he wrote. Uh, tremendous his, about his time at Iowa, the hiring of Kirk Ferentz, and then of course what he did at Kansas State. Just really remarkable.
2: Michael, I just got to celebrate, I, I, it's, I see you Ta- celebrate. Tottenham, Tottenham scored in England. <laughs> I'm oh. sorry. I was sweating the whole Listen, Jeezy wasn't going to eat. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I was yeah, sweating. Yeah, I wasn't going to. This was. I was in a mood today because this game was killing me. Thank you for celebrating with me. Shout to 2022. Uh,
1: Yeah, there you go. May the good Lord be with you. That's (laughs) awesome.
2: Yes. (laughs) What a degenerate. Oh, I'm depressed. Uh, Uh, Okay, Kentucky, Iowa. We just talked about Utah, Ohio State. So, again, BetMGM reporting most of the money to handle Ohio State. Michael, no surprise there. Yet, it's down to four, and I know you like Utah.
1: I do, I like Utah here. I'm gonna take Utah. I just like I like the Utah program. I think they're tough. I think they, they don't care about you know, they they don't care about how many five stars they get, they care about how many good players they get. And they do a great job of coaching and teaching and I think they'll do a good job in this game. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I can't I wait too. to watch this one.
2: I, I'm, I'm very much looking, because this is the Utah team. There's, those losses were early in the year, remember. And they beat up Oregon twice this year by a combined, like, I don't know, 70 points. Oh, so Utah's uh, playing yeah, great.
1: Yeah, they, 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 are, they knew they were tougher than Utah. They knew Agreed. they were tougher than Utah. They had no problem
2: saying they're tougher than Utah. And they dealt with a ton of, you know, t- uh, terrible news off the field, Utah. So I root for them. Baylor, Mississippi, the one that you're really going to be locked in on there. Aranda's done a hell uh, uh, of a job.
1: I can't wait. I'll take Baylor here. That's a fan pick. That's not a handicapper pick. I like Baylor. Uh, I think they can run the football today on Mississippi. They've got to control the pace of the game. This game's all about pace, right? And if you, to me, if you like Baylor and you go with the pick I think you might lean towards the under. I think Baylor's got to play a style that keeps that, that explosive Mississippi offense standing
2: next to Lane Kiffin. Thread Iron Genius, you got the podcast. You've got the new book coming out, 2022. You've got the Lombardi line, which you can find everywhere. Podcast here, VSEN.
1: Yeah, listen to us on podcast. Why not? You know, drive around, listen to us.
2: What else? Like, is there any other traditions as you you and Millie open up the new year? Is there something you? Well, Millie, you?
1: Millie, no, no, I have no traditions. I'm on my own again. I'm taking care of the, It's me and Bella and Lana. I mean, oh, she go up to New England? Of, oh, she, no, back down. To, now she's down to Charlotte. She went down to see the other one. So you know, I'm on my own here. <laughs> Call Berman. I don't, this, well, is, this is not going to end well. He 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 might need a day to recover. He'll be all right.
2: Great job, Michael, and happy Thanks, New Year Patrick. to you and your family. Happy New Year. We'll see you tomorrow. Got a big Sunday show coming up on the Lombardi Line. Mr. Burke and Mr. Femi coming up next here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Happy New Year. A safe and happy 2022 for all of you.